A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim In the name of Allah the Almighty the most gracious ever merciful Good morning and uh, welcome to th- another episode another show of the breakfast show here It is Wednesday the 3rd of August we are here in the Bethel Fatu Mosque the House of Victories you are joined here by myself Muhammad Athar and Shajil Ahmed how are you doing this morning brother Assalamu alaikum to Allah peace be upon you peace be upon uh, our listeners as well, yeah, alhamdulillah, by the grace of uh, God Almighty, um, I'm doing good, I'm doing uh, well, I'm ready for the, um, of course, you know, the breakfast show today as well, but mm. uh, on the weekend, mm. as our as our listeners may be aware, that the, annu- uh, the, the annual convention, the Jalsa Salana, is uh, to be held um uh you know on on friday saturday and sunday hmm. uh, the first weekend of uh, of august um in uh, you know in in alton and that will be you know some sort of um coming back to hmm. normality a yeah. little bit yeah. uh, i mean last year we we did have our annual annual gathering our hmm. Um, as well, annual conference, uh, annual. But the number of guests yeah. were limited, right? The number of guests were limited to like, like just the UK, and yeah. it was just only six, four, eight, five, six thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, yeah like that. something like that as well. Um, so there wasn't. It was a very, very mm. low scale one as well. So this one is going mm. to be a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more wider scale. Mm. It is for the UK as well, but there will be some guests. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, some prominent guests coming from. Uh, um, from you know different countries as well. Mm. Normally, normally it is you know a a proper um, as you know the 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 worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad, may may Allah be his helper, because he because he resides here in the UK. Mm. That's why the annual convention of the UK. Uh, I mean, the annual convention happens. You know, in different parts of the world, wherever the community is established, mm. but as he reside resides here in the UK, that's why the 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 UK annual convention is uh, is an international convention where people yeah. from all around the world yeah. they try their best to come over here, mm. listen to the speeches, listen to the proceedings, benefiting from uh, you know from all of this as well, uh, because you know this is the headquarters as well, mm. isn't it? Mm. The, the UK is the headquarters. Um, they come here and they 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 benefit from that as well. So mm. normally it's a it's a it's a it's an international annual annual gathering, mm. uh, an annual conference, um, but uh, you know it won't be that international uh, at the moment. Mm. But hopefully, you know, hopefully in the years to come, God willing, then you know it Everything will get back, know, to, goes back to normal. Goes back to goes back to normal and will be better mm. than than normal uh, as well. So yeah, very very pumped. Alhamdulillah, by the that. grace of Allah, the weather is also, you know, looking decent. Oh, hopefully, man. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Because uh, you know, the, the it's it's on like a plane. It's on it's on, it's in the middle of a field, mm, and mm, if it mm. rains, it gets so That's muddy it. and That's so, it. like it's just it's so gone. difficult to yeah to get cars around. Cars get stuck. People get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> People get I mean, stuck you have to you yeah. have to be prepared. You have to mm. wear your wellies. Your raincoats, everything you have to mm. be fully prepared for that as well. Like, you know, the forecast seems exactly. like it's going to be good, like twenty three, twenty four. Mm. Yeah, then, yeah. You don't want it. You don't want it to be you know, scorching. Yeah, you don't want that's it to be a, scorching. That's good weather. Twenty three, yeah. twenty four is good weather. Open field. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it is something. It is it is something to to look forward to as mm. well. And um, normally, you know, we will we would encourage. Uh, external external guests yeah. to who are in you know who are interested to come and 
participate in that you know mm. in person mm. um, because obviously you know it's just like our doors to to our mosques they they're always open to to yeah. all, to, to any guest who wants to come uh, to come and visit mm. right so that annual convention is also you know open for for any guests that that want to come but you know these days because of the restrictions because of we still have to you know take precautions because you know yeah. the, the covid infections has gone up you know in the mm. summer and that's that's something which happens anyway in mm. the summer it uh, the infections go up the people who contract the virus goes up anyway yeah so um is it, it is you know we we normally do encourage people to come physically but if they want to listen to the proceedings um virtually mm. they 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 can do so on you know on on on, on our um on our uh, on our tv channel which is uh on which is called mta uh, muslim television ahmadiyya hmm. and uh, if you've got skybox then the the channel number is 731 but uh, if you've got internet uh, on your phone you can download the app if you've uh, you know if you've got a computer if you've got a laptop then you can go on www.mta.tv and uh, you know go on to that and listen to the proceedings over there. You can as also well. stream it live on YouTube. Yeah, you can use. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You go on YouTube, type in MTA, um, and you know that that will come over MTA TV. That will just come up, and you can just listen to the live stream as well. And it's in different languages also, mm. so you can watch it in in the original te- in the original language, English, Urdu. You can listen to it in various different languages. Um, the you know the translation as well so yeah. Spanish French Indonesian whatever you want to mm. you know a lot of different languages that you can listen to as well so that's that's what um, that's what's popping here mm. as well you know better you know you you would see in the mosque a lot of people coming in mm. uh, all the guests uh, coming in and uh, just sort of preparing for that for that as well so that's what's happening this uh, this week isn't mm. it really really yeah. looking forward to it. really interesting absolutely. Um, we'll be taking a very short break, you know, before we come back and then we start some very interesting topics for you. And obviously before that, we'll be going through the news and the weather. So please do join us after the break. Writings of the Promised Messiah, salam. I call to Allah to witness that the Holy Quran is a rare pearl. Its outside is light and its inside is light and its above is light and its below is light. And there is light in every word of it. It is a spiritual garden whose clustered fruits are within easy reach and through which streams flow. Every fruit of good fortune is found in it and every torch is lit from it. Its light has penetrated to my heart and I could not have acquired it by any other means. And Allah is my witness that if there had been no Qur'an, I would have found no delight in life. I find it that its beauty exceeds that of a hundred thousand Josephs. I incline towards it with a great inclination and drink it into my heart. It has nurtured me as an embryo is nurtured and it has a wonderful effect on my heart. Myself is lost in its beauty. It has been disclosed to me in a vision that the garden of holiness is irrigated by the water of the Holy Qur'an, which is a surging ocean of the water of life. He who drinks from it comes to life. 
indeed he brings others to life Azrat Mirza Majru Ahmed is the present head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the most dynamic international community within Islam. The community was established by Hazrat Mirza Khulam Ahmed in Kardian, a small and remote village in India. He claimed to be the expected reformer of the latter days, the one awaited by all major world religions. Founded in 1889, the community has continued to spread throughout the world, flourishing under caliphate, the system of spiritual leadership established after the demise of the holy founder. The current successor of this movement, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmed, continues the work of the holy founder to revive the spiritual and moral state of mankind. The movement embodies the benevolent message of Islam and its pristine purity, a movement that preaches peace, universal brotherhood, and submission to the will of God. Ahmadi Muslims have earned the distinction and reputation of being a law-abiding and peaceful community. Within a century, the movement has reached all the corners of the earth and has been recognized and praised by the global community. Many questions and concerns have been raised concerning the doctrines of Islam. Most have incorrectly interpreted Islam as endorsing violence and terrorism. The Ahmadiyya community has always demonstrated the spirit of tolerance, goodwill and true brotherhood. It advocates peace, love and understanding among followers of different faiths. It firmly believes in and acts upon Quranic teachings. It strongly rejects violence and terrorism in any form and for any reason. The movement offers a clear presentation of Islamic wisdom, philosophy, morals and spirituality as derived from the Holy Quran and the practice of the Holy Prophet of Islam, Muhammad. Peace and blessings of Allah be on him. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah the most gracious ever merciful Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all dear listeners welcome back to the breakfast show uh we'll now be discussing you know the news and the weather before we move on to our other topics so in today's news uh al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zahari Zahawiri his death has been confirmed through multiple sources and uh, apparently no DNA proof is needed, the U.S. says. And he was uh, apparently, you know, one of the masterminds behind 9-11 uh, as well. Hmm. So he's been killed in a drone strike in, in Afghanistan. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the big news in today. It's interesting. That's, I mean, that's, it is yeah, It is interesting, but it's, it's still uh, going on, you know. The thing is, is that... Um, it's uh, so you know. Remember when they were trying to when they were trying to hmm. uh, target and locate yeah. uh, Osama bin Laden. Hmm. Um, you know, th- you know th- the technology that they have, um, they can locate literally anyone, yeah. anyone that they want hmm. to. 
but they were saying uh, in you know I remember um, when you know years ago when mm. this was happening as well that um, the, he's hidden himself or he's yeah. he's hiding in you know in in the caves or in the mountains mm. in Afghanistan or various other places as well maybe mm. and uh, you know it's difficult to locate him um, you know it, it was a bit you know it was a bit here and there yeah. um, listening <laughs> You know, hearing all of these, uh, all of these things. So, I mean, the amount that the 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 technology that they have and the way that it's advanced so mm. much, mm. they can literally, you know, do a live stream and see which person is where. They can all the CCTV that they have, all the uh, the infrastructure that they have in in this regard, mm. the advanced technology. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's it, it was you know it, it is in, it is interesting yeah. uh, for them to for them to actually do that and say that as well. Hmm. That's just my opinion, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm no expert in, in in all of these things, but still, um, yeah. When we you know when just keeping on the same uh, sort of uh, sort of topic, hmm. the Chinese military um, exercises near Taiwan have uh, encroached on the island's territory and amount to a blockade of its sea and airspace is what the defense ministry has said as well uh, and this is quite big as well you know the the exercises by the chinese navy and air force are seen as a direct response to the visit of taiwan of top us pol- uh, pol- uh, po- uh, politician yeah. nancy pelosi the most senior american politician to visit in 25 years the taiwan a defense ministry said that China had broken UN rules and it would uh, counter any incursions, uh, insurgents into its uh, into its territory. And it said that the live fire exercises in the in the sea and airspace around Taiwan mm. were in danger were endangering international shipping lanes, challenging the international border, and uh, un- undermining the status quo in the Taiwan Strait the the and uh, endangering the area as well and it accused Beijing of mm. uh, using psychological wa- warfare urging people to report fake news to the authorities yeah. uh, so that's uh, you know that's what's happening there's a lot of tensions uh, a lot of tension in the in the in the South Asia Sea as well at the moment mm. and people you know uh, Experts are actually saying that this can actually be quite uh, quite dangerous as well. Yeah. We don't hear about it that much, but if you look at if you look at news of the Eastern Hemisphere, hmm. this is you know this is actually what's uh, one of the top news as well. Yeah. But uh, but uh, we don't hear about we don't. It's interesting as well what the what the Western news actually portrays as well. You know the you know before we were in the news, it was a lot about Russia. And Ukraine, a lot of you know the the conflict which is going on over there, mm. um, which is still ongoing. Actually, you know it hasn't uh, it hasn't ceased yet. It hasn't stopped completely yet. Mm. It's still going on. Uh, but you know, a c- couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, this is what the this is what the top news was. Um, and then when the summer came, mm. the top news was uh, was was about the heat wave. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it was interesting as well that. I don't know so, some some countries who were going through the sort of the same uh, the same temperatures or similar temperatures. Mm. What they were what they were reporting in their news was um, you know was uh, wasn't as 
what the what the UK was reporting as well, and uh, it was you know it was quite interesting. It was mm. quite interesting that that you know I saw this uh, this as well. I'm not sure how you know how how true or how false this is. Yeah. But in uh, but in other countries, when you know when the temperature when the temperature was uh, thirty you know or you know sort of um, thirty degrees or around about thirty degrees. Mm. Uh, or you know, just uh, you know, a little bit more than twenty six, twenty seven degrees as well. Mm. It was uh, you know, it used to be you know, it used to just be normal. You know, they, they used to show that. You know, when they show it on news, they show the they show a landscape. Yeah, yeah. They say it's Germany, for example, mm. and then they they'll show like the degrees in different cities, right? Mm. And then it will be in a it will be in a sort of a light color, mm. a lighty, mm. yellowy, orangey color. But then, when it was uh, you know twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five degrees, which mm. is less, mm. but then they will show it in in a in a, in a burning hot red color as well. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's interesting how mm. you know how you can portray something on the, on the news, and that will just you know that will make the mindset mm. of the people as well. <coughs> and then it's just, I mean, sometimes you know the, the news can be or the media can portray something in a particular way. Mm. Um, that that will just shape and form how how you think as well your yeah. thought pro- thought your thought process, and then you, you you know the way that it's portrayed you think oh okay it's like this this is serious or this is not so serious, um, but you know it's interesting what the news how how it can have, have an influence influence mm. on you mm. um, unconditionally as well you know you're not even thinking about it, but uh, just the way that. It's been told to you. Hmm. You can be, you know, that can shape and form your your opinion yeah. on a lot of things. There was this another article hmm. that I saw in the news about um, uh, Anglican churches struggling, hmm. stru- still struggling to this day with same-sex marriage, hmm. and uh, so they they just ca- uh, they come back to the reference of. of uh, they said uh, Leviticus, where it said it's like it's 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 a sin to lie with another man. Mm. And that's like the reason that they're still, you know, they're still trying to, they're still against it basically. Mm. And there's about 85 million Anglican people worldwide, and um, they're still saying that, you know, the doctrines or the teachings of the LGBTQ community, you know, they they don't coincide with the bi- teachings of the Bible. The teachings of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, it's 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 weird to see this. In this, uh, I'd say in this day and age, that you know, there's still someone who's like openly speaking up against it, right? Mm. Uh, but um, obviously, you know, the 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 LGBTQ community, they're speaking up against it, and they're saying, you know, it's not it's not right. It doesn't it's not uh, right with the times of today. Mm. Those teachings, but um, you know, it's it's clearly written and it's it is clearly stated in the Bible as well. And it's not just um, Anglican churches. It's like you know, it's, uh, even in Judaism, in mm. Islam as well, mm. uh, and anyone who follows the Bible, basically, th- those teachings are there. The teachings right? are the teachings are definitely there as well. And uh, you know, we spoke a little bit about it um, mm. um, before as well in, in, la- in last week's show. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's the thing is, is that what what Islam. Um, preaches hmm. is the law of nature yeah because you know god almighty we believe in god almighty and hmm. we believe that god almighty created um the law 
right? Mm. The law of nature and the law of religion. Now, the law of religion can be seen as the you know as the Sharia, the Sharia law, right? Um, the do's and don'ts of mm. what you are supposed to do. But the thing is, is that because he created both of these things, he created the law of nature as well. And uh, you know, with with you know, I mean, it's just natural, isn't yeah. it? If if a man and a woman, when you know, when they get married, when they get together, then they have an offspring. Mm. If you put uh, you know two people of the same sex together, then that's uh, you know, it, 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 you cannot do that yeah. without the aid of a of a you know of of a female, mm. right? So it's uh, it's even when two females get together, how, how you know they can't they, procreate. Yeah, they can't do that. Mm. They need the they need the sperm of the of the man. Mm. But I mean, talking about talking about the law of nature, what I was saying was because God Almighty created both of these things, mm. that's why you know they both go hand in hand as well because they don't they don't contradict each other. Mm. So this is why in the in the in you know in the law of religion. If it is forbidden, it is forbidden because of these reasons as well. As yeah, well, yeah. Because you know it's uh, it's uh, you know it's un it's un it's unnatural in this sense, hmm. right? So it's it's just logical thing. It's not it's nothing to be, it's nothing to. But but, it's, but the thing is, is that when we talk about, yes, there are people who do who are, um, you know, who do practice LGBT and all hmm. of these things. Hmm. But uh, you know, Islam says that. You know, as a, as a citizen, if they are living in a particular country, if they are mm. living in your your locality or your vicinity, whatever, then you give them their rights as well because yeah. they are still human mm. beings. It's mm. not like they're something else; mm. they're still human beings. Mm. Um, you know, we give we give uh, we give criminals their rights as well. Of course, you know, if, if, if fine, they do get imprisoned, but we're, we're uh, they not, have their rights as well. We're not comparing the two. We're just no, yeah, we're not know, these are just the beliefs, not just of. Like our religion, hmm. but also the beliefs of other major world religions. Exactly, exactly. So if the the thing is that you know the th- the interesting thing is is that if if this is one of the teachings, one of the core teachings hmm. in the in in the world major religions, then definitely definitely, it's 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 holding some sort of weight, right? Hmm. It, it's not just saying it out of you know out of the blue. Yeah. There is a there is a reason. Why you know why why this has been preached? Hmm. Not just one religion, but uh, you know it's specifically the Abrahamic religions as well. So it's not something we should be we should be taken lightly as well. Hmm. Um, moving on to some other news as well, which is uh, you know, which is quite which is quite interesting. Uh, also, um, the government has uh, has been accused by one of its own drug advisors of not caring about the growing number. Of heroin addicts dying hmm. from from an overdose, so Dr. Emily Finch, who is a senior senior member <coughs> of the of the Royal College of Psychiatrics, sits on the government's advisory council on the misuse of drugs and asked if anyone cared about the rising number of heroin related deaths. She told uh, Sky News, "I think that's one of the I think that's one of the problems. I don't think, generally speaking, the general population do." I think many people, and perhaps that's reflected in the government, don't care much, and that is why they have allowed a a, a treatment system to largely um, uh, atrophy. Hmm. And some pe some people care. She said that some people care. Uh, there are good reasons to care. Heroin users spend a lot of time in hospitals. They they cost us a lot of money. Some of them commit crime, 
and they are all good reasons why supporting them properly getting them into high quality treatment probably in the end would save society money hmm. um so this comes as uh, as drug support charities warn heroin users of the high risk after a number of deaths reported across the country hmm. with batches of the class A drugs suspected to have been mixed with um you know synthetic uh, opioids such as uh, fentanyl fentanyl hmm. so it's um this is interesting as well the drug dealers committing the, the, you know they what they do just to make profit they they they'll commit murder hmm. to to create profit they they'll use these um young not even teenagers they will hmm. use the young children hmm. boys and girls hmm. to actually sell drugs on yeah. the streets as well um sometimes you you hear you hear about this on the on on you know on the news or you hear about it or you see it on you know in movies but when you actually realize that this is this is you know this is reality this mm. is what's actually mm. happening then it sort of hits you it hits you as well that you know how how is this happening and how is there not a proper program mm. which is being um you know how they how they are being supported how mm. they are being helped mm. because you know if someone takes heroin that it's not something that you just go on and do that hmm. there's obviously there has to be a build up of of drug misuse as well hmm. heroin is a class a drug and it's yeah. a very serious drug hmm. as well i i don't believe anyone hmm. would i mean of course there, there would be some people but i i don't believe many people who are you know who do misuse drugs that they will just straight away go on to heroin. go on to heroin yeah. they'll start off as a you know with a mm. with a small drug maybe mm. maybe maybe they just start smoking yeah. maybe they start smoking weed mm. maybe they start you know putting something else in mm. their in the in their cigarettes as well mm. and rolling that up and then maybe they they start moving on to other things like cocaine heroin and all of these other things as well yeah. so you know this is a big this is a big industry the drug industry is a big industry definitely and um the the amount of people who misuse and the amount of people who um you know after they the, you know after they misuse that mm. they have to rely on hospitals mm. and all of these things and i mean just like uh, the health secretary said that it's something which uh, needs to be definitely needs to be needs to be looked at mm. um you know def- uh, absolutely yeah but you know um the thing is that um you have to look at it from sometimes you have to look at it from a different angle in the sense that um mm. why do young children or young um, adults even mm. they get involved in this right yeah and it, it tends to be from mi- mostly from minority communities mm. right mm. and you have to look at you have to look at the, the whole background from a different perspective and you have to understand sometimes they don't they see that they, there's no other way out right or they have they either have bad influence or they come from poorer backgrounds mm. or they 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 just see that they they, they want to support their families sometimes right yeah uh, uh, yeah i they, know they, yeah they they think that there's no other way out because the there's no like scheme in place to help them with their you know sometimes th- their school the education's not good mm. right they'll start they, they'll start truanting they'll start off like that then they'll uh, end up with uh, um like they end up with people who are not good company right it all starts off like that then you start doing little things mm. you will like uh start you know with like a little robbery or something then you start smoking then it leads to at least one thing leads one to, thing the, to other the, thing. the other and you become yeah. a drug dealer at the end of the day 
right? But you have to understand why why it happens. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Right? I mean, sometimes they just they they feel like there's no other way out. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, I agree with you one hundred percent that you know sometimes it's just. It's just uh, you know children. Like, Obviously, like the people at the top yeah. who have made it as well, they started off from that place. Obviously, when mm. they get to the big place, right, they become the the, the big, the top boy, the, the top boy, <laughs> yeah. essentially, right? Yeah, they, I know you mean. They they obviously started off from the same place that these children have started off. I mean, right? yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate mm. how how this happens as well. Yeah. And sometimes it's just sometimes it's just um, you know you know making some extra cash. Mm. Mm. Making you know, it looks like you mentioned supporting mm. your family. Yeah. If your family, you know, if your mother or your father mm. c- c- cannot work for some reason, mm. whatever the reason may be, um, you know, the the, the children care yeah. about their parents as well. And they mm. want to make they want to make a living. They mm. want to earn a living, and the only way that they can see doing that is by and with selling these drugs. like soaring prices, you know, inflation mm. and mm. everything, everything. Just people, you know, struggling to get like two, even two meals a day. Literally, yeah. They, they they see that they, there's no other way out and th- this is so easy to get into right yeah. and and that's that's one of the reasons yeah. people become drug addicts as well because they as feel well as they, dealers yeah, as well as dealers mm. because there's they, they find no escape from reality and yeah. they think this is a, a this is they escape. can just get away yeah. they can get and away drugs, from the world. drugs are uh, very accessible and uh, they're not too expensive yeah right? I mean yeah if you I mean, obviously, it depends what mm. dr- drug you want as well. Mm. But if you're just talking about cannabis, you know, yeah. weed or yeah. hashish, yeah. then it's not, you know, it's it's not too expensive. Mm. You, you, you know, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people tend to start off and with this drug anyway. And it's quite accessible. Yeah. It's quite accessible as well. Mm. Yeah, without you know, with all the and these once restrictions you're in place, th- still. there's basically no going back. That's so the very, that's the thing. Very hard to you know quit. Yeah, unless unless there is something major which happens, mm, mm. and you realize you know reality yeah. hits you, yeah. uh, or there's a change in circumstances mm. or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, but it is a difficult. It's a difficult sort of bubble to get mm. out of as well. Definitely. Um, so yeah, definitely. It, it, yes, definitely. We we need to look at. We need to look at how we can resolve these issues as well. Mm. Not just. After they have, you know, people have misused the drugs, but proper a proper planning of uh, of why this happens mm. in the first place, because you know Islam. If we talk about the teachings of Islam, Islam teaches to actually, you know, it's a very it's a very proactive religion. Mm. There, there's the 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 injunctions in Islam. They try to sort of nip something in the bud yeah. before anything even happens. You know, being you know being proactive mm. rather than reactive. Mm. Of course, Islam gives the the remedy um, for for when something has happened anyway, the solution mm. to how you're supposed to fix something anyway when something has happened. No. But that's the cure, isn't it? That's once something has happened. But Islam tries to actually before someone actually commits something, mm. it just st- you know, keeps you keeps you. Cure, yeah. right? Prevention is better than cure. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But um, exactly. you know, another thing that uh, I was reading somewhere. That he said, um, you know, um, like no mouse would ever set a mouse trap for itself. Hmm. Humanity is the only thing hmm. that you know they set traps for. Themselves. We we invent, invented nuclear bombs, hmm. right? We like some. It's a scientist, but yeah, but yeah it, a physics researcher yeah. made heroin. Yeah, right. Even if he came up with it by accident, he should have just, you know, 
finished it there. The, right? But the thing is that there is there is benefit in everything as well, isn't there, it? There is. I mean, if you, at, yeah. if you look at if you look at if you look at poison, as in morphine, poison, morphine, yeah. right? People overdose on morphine as well. Morphine yeah. is a very morphine. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a drug as well, but it's used in medicine. It's used in medicine yeah. as well. I mean, as it's used in the hospital. Yeah, anesthesia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll, exactly. The mm. thing is that everything has a cure. So even mm. you, if you look at, even if you look at um, poison, mm. you know, of course, if you drink poison, yeah. that's 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 yeah. lethal, right? You're yeah. gonna die. Yeah. But but small amounts mm, of that mm. can be used as as cures. There's as well. medicinal marijuana. That's, that's some people are on medicinal marijuana where they are like literally prescribed to like smoke it or just you know somehow intake it because mm. it helps them with um, stress or even with pain as well. Yeah, I mean there are some you know yeah. people who suffer from seizures and mm, different arthritis. Mm, yeah. Some people say that as well. Yeah. But uh, obviously it's uh, it's not it's not the one it's not mm. the THC mm. uh, one as well where you know it gets you it gets you high. Mm. It's the you know it's the other one as well. Yeah. Uh, you know you can get that in different forms. It's mm. the oils or mm. whatever as well. But yeah, I mean every thing is is that everything you know everything everything has a cure as well. Mm. It's not just uh, it's not just that uh, this is bad. This is bad. You know why? Why do we have this? Why do we have that? Mm. Like nuclear energy, yeah, right. It, there's so many nuclear plants around the world, and we use it for energy mm. all the time. It basically makes our world run. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, for someone to say, oh, yeah. why do we have nuclear yeah. bombs? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that the misuse of something mm. will would definitely be bad. Yeah, um, you know, nuclear energy is, mm. you know, like you mentioned, mm. that's one of the, you know, one of the top energy suppliers yeah, <laughs> literally. In, in the world yeah if we don't have that then mm. you know a lot of the, we won't have that much energy isn't mm. it mm. I mean you can't we need to yeah, of, of course you know we have other we en- sources of energy but still yeah. exactly exactly mm. um, so yeah these are you know some of the top uh, top news yeah. um, news articles and news headlines which uh, you know which have surfaced um, you know uh, the these uh, um, you know these weeks, hmm. but uh, one one thing which is quite interesting as well, we always uh, we, we always talk about this, is the is the fuel prices. Hmm. Um, these days, you know, quite um, quite it's uh, going interesting. Down a bit. It's, going, yeah. it's going a little bit down. Hmm. I remember, I think I topped up uh, last week or the week before. I think hmm. I to- in the petrol, I think it was uh, one one eight seven. Yeah, yeah, something like it that. One eight seven. Right and now it's uh, like uh, that's, I, I that's that was right. It was it was it's one one seven eight now. One seven eight. Yeah. The, is it yeah. one seven eight? One seven eight. Wow, wow. That's you know the, the thing. I mean, if you a couple of years ago, if you said one seven eight, that would be mm. a, well, are you mad? That's yeah. that's that's so high. Remember but when, it, in this when it hit <laughs> a pound? Like yeah. when it went over a pound, yeah. people went crazy. People went crazy. Yeah. People went crazy. They, they yeah. couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um. But then you know, slowly, slowly. Mm. It it just it, you know you got near it got near two in it hmm. it got near two pounds so that was I mean in some countries in European countries it went even more than that hmm. in America I heard it was uh, like it was quite, five it was quite, six dollars yeah. that's per liter how that is how? crazy and they and there's and they've got big cars there yeah, so with big they've engines got, they've got like five it? liters yeah three liters six liters they've got, they got big they got big liters, big cars yeah big cars. So mm. you know it's, uh, it's 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 you know it's interesting, but it's good it's good mm. that it's good that it's going uh, it's going down as well now. Hopefully mm. you know hopefully it does go down. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, and hopefully you know it uh, we you know we get mm. sort of into a better situation as uh, as before. So, um, dear listeners, uh, we hope you've been enjoying today's show so far. Uh, we'll be taking a very short break and then. Well, we will be starting our first segment 
entitled Domestic Violence Charity Warns of Controlling Behaviour on a Reality TV Show. So please do join us after the break. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show, dear listeners. Um, so the first segment for today is Domestic Violence Charity Warns of Controlling Behavior on a Reality TV Show. A domestic abuse charity has spoken to ITV about mis- uh, misogynistic and controlling behavior on Love Island. Hmm. Women's Aid said it was forced to act after being tagged in so many social posts about the show by viewers. It has also criticized producers for missing out an understanding of controlling uh, behavior in relationships in its inclusion training for contestants. Now, hmm. you know, it's quite interesting. Yeah, th- I mean, this this year's Love Love Island has uh, yeah. seen, seen a big backlash mm. from viewers over the, over the way that male, uh, you know, island islanders mm. have uh, have treated the women. Yeah. Uh, it's rare to, to to reach the end of uh, each night's show mm. uh, without seeing one of the boys uh, as a top trend, and not for the right reasons. Mm. You know, um, the women's women's aid uh, communica- communications chief uh, Teresa Parker said that the charity was being tagged into a stream of Twitter posts mm. with uh, viewers highlighting the misogyny and uh, controlling behavior sh- being shown on, on, on screen. Now, unconscious bias, tight deadlines, lack of women's leadership across industries and cultural challenges all affect journalists' um, ability to uh, include women experts. Mm. Um, and experts also... Uh, get bu- get put in boxes by in, you know ingrained cultural beliefs as well. Now the lack of inclusion of women experts have serious uh, serious consequences. When male experts are prioritised, women's hard work and contributions and um, devalu- are you know they're sort of devalued, mm-hmm. and they are robbed of the recognition and public uh, public acclaim that which you know which they which they deserve. And women in all types of media tend to be you know tend to be you know the way that they're portrayed hmm. are to be thin and uh, they, they you know sexualized and uh, they talk less than men they have fewer opinions um, uh, and they are far less likely in the ent- entertainment industry hmm. to play roles as leaders or professionals or even as women who who work for who work for a living and um, Research uh, spanning more than 100 countries found that 46% of news stories mm. in print or uh, and on radio and television uphold gender stereotypes. Mm. Only 6% highlight gender equality. And behind the scenes, men still occupy 73% of top media uh, management positions, according to another global study mm. spanning 522 news media um, organizations while women represent half of the world's population less than one third of all speaking characters are, are you know in films are actually female mm. and um, you know this uh, this is what this is how women have been have been have been sort of portrayed as well even in 
you know, we see, you know, we we talk about the West, and even on B, even in the BBC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was this, uh, you know, qu- you know, some years ago as well that the gender pay gap, yeah. which is definitely there as well, and it was so it was so much that if you know a man and a woman they both have the same sort of role, mm-hmm. the man will get paid much more than than the woman, yeah, um, and you know. It's, uh, it's, it's you know they these Western countries mm. they claim that yes we are so mm. we're so advanced we're so we're so um, you know we've progressed so much in society mm. we we give the equal rights mm. and we've given women rights and yeah. all of you people of religion don't know anything what you're talking mm. about mm. but it's actually quite the quite the opposite if we you know just just a cursory look at what Islam actually says mm. Islam is the you know the the first religion to actually give women their their due rights mm. in fact uh, you know the, the holy prophet of islam peace and blessings of allah be upon him he raised he, he raised the status of women so much mm. uh, that he said that if you know if a father has has two daughters um and and takes you know takes care of them mm. gives them a good upbringing teaches them good morals and all yeah, of these yeah. uh, you know all of these good things then he, you know, g- give him the glad tidings mm. of uh, of paradise, mm. and um, you know another. You know, there's so many different. There's so many different traditions that we can actually narrate as well. Um, you know, one which you know which comes mm. to mind as well is that he said that paradise lies under the feet of mothers. Yeah, and this means that you know taking care of your mother, listening to listening to her, taking care of her. Mm. Um, you know, the Holy Quran says that you mm. know when your parents say, say something. Um, you know, especially when they reach old age, mm. um, and if they tell you to do something, don't even say "oof." Mm. You know, mm. don't even say that or that. Oh, what are you, what are you telling me to mm. do? Or what this and that, and you know, talking back at them and being rude to them, swearing at them. We, we see a lot of this happening in you know, even in modern modern cultures, modern mm. society as well. Mm. Um, another another you know very famous um, tradition which comes to mind as well is that. You know, somebody asked his, uh, you know, the, the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that who deserves, um, you know, who deserves, uh, you know, right treatment from from me, mm-hmm. and uh, the Holy Prophet told him that uh, your mother, mm-hmm. you know, and then he said, okay, what about after after her, mm-hmm. and then he replied, your mother again, mm-hmm. and then he asked, okay, what about after that, and then he said, your mother again. So three times he said your mother, mm. and then the fourth time mm. he said your father. Yeah. So that just goes to show how much, um, how you much know, you need to take care of your parents, uh, with your mother especially. The paradise lies under the feet of yeah. our mothers as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of these, you know, all of these sayings are are there to actually draw mm. our attention mm. towards, um, you know, raising not just raising the status of women. But um, upholding gi- their rights, upholding their rights, yeah. giving them their due rights, yeah, which they which they definitely mm. deserve as well. If uh, you know, if a woman, you know, if, if a woman does something, that should you know be appreciated mm. as well. It's not just, it's not just something which uh, which men have the dominance or which you know they have their say. Women also have the right to do that as well. I mean, just look at mm. the example of the Holy Prophet that. You know, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. His wife, yeah. Hazrat Khadija, may Allah be pleased with her. Mm. He, she was, she was, you know, uh, she she was a very successful businesswoman. In mm. fact, the most successful businesswoman mm. um, in Arabia yeah. uh, in those days, right? Definitely. And uh, you know, she was a woman, and she, you know, it, you may think that you know, in those days, um, medieval times. 
um, you know, women, what were the rights of, of women? But she was a she was a very successful businesswoman. Mm. In fact, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he did a few trades, uh, you know, for her as well. Um, so it's uh, it's it just goes to show that you know it's not Islam doesn't teach men to be um, you know to, to be dominant and and uh, and sort of uh, take their rights, but don't give any rights to women. Yeah. Islam actually gives equal mm. rights you mm. know and raises the status of women mm. as well i mean men have to come to the mosque just this, this is a small example mm. men have to come to the mosque to to pray their five daily prayers right women don't have to do that they're not obliged to do that they can do the they can do so if they want to mm. but they they can get but the same they, reward at yeah, home yeah they so have the leeway because of the exactly. you know, the anatomy of how uh, Allah the Almighty has created them. Exactly, exactly. And you know, we, we in the beginning we were speaking about, we were talking about the um, the Anu Convention, right? Mm. On the second day of the Anu Convention, uh, His Holiness, um, Hazrat Mizar Masood Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, um, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, he actually goes to the, you know, on Saturday, mm. on the second day, so he goes to the women's, uh, the women's marquee, mm. uh, the women's side, the women's mm. side, and he delivers an address mm. uh, over there as mm. well, yeah. and that address <coughs> every single year, you know, it's he he just he he just rejuvenates, um, you know, the rights of of women, mm. you know, the, what what Islam actually portrays, the example of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and how Islam yeah. has actually given and championed, um, you know, the rights the rights of women, given the rights of women, and and portrayed in the best example as well. So. Any anyone who's you know sort of uh, who's sort of interested in listening to that as well, they can you know as we mentioned before as well, they can listen uh, to it uh, on you know live stream it on YouTube. Um, you know just, just go on YouTube, type in MTA TV, and they can actually listen to that as well. Or go onto the website www.mta.tv and uh, listen to, listen to the live proceedings over there as well. So all of these things. Um, you know what you will find out firsthand what Islam actually says in in regards to this uh, particular mm. this particular topic. You know, in regards to the topic, uh, my view might be a bit controversial, but um, you know, obviously, I completely agree and stand for women's equal rights, and um, you know, obviously, it should be upheld everywhere. Mm. But um, these women who go on these shows. They sign a contract before they know what they're signing up for. No one's forcing them to come on this show, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, also, there was this. It's a reality TV yeah, show reality at the end TV of the day. As well, at the end of the day. Yeah. They, they, otherwise they won't get views. Mm. And that's that's that is reality. That is reality. That is reality. That's a reality check. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> a reality check. Yeah. And um, you know, um, the thing is that um, everyone is. Everyone is all for, uh, you know, um, having like a positive, positive uh, body image and, you know, showing mm. um, positivity like that. But um, at the end of the day, th- this is what gets them the views, the mm. showmakers, right? Yeah. They, they, they don't care about anything else. They want the show to be popular. And exactly. these these, these exactly. people, they sign contracts and they know what they're signing up for. Mm. It, it states everything in the contract. If 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 they do anything against the contract, they're they're liable, they get, liable yeah. to get sued, mm. right? That's true. That's true. Also, uh, there, there was this uh, another actress of um, from a James Bond film, 
who you know she was questioned about like how um women don't really have big roles in bond films or um there should be more women and she replied saying that is just one thing that's going on it's good leave it at that let it be instead there should be another equivalent or if so, if not better another like movie like that a series like that mm. for women mm. right leave that be that's going on that has its own success every people enjoy it mm. leave that be but if you want to uh, truly talk about equal rights then that's how it should be done it shouldn't mm. be that you put more women into uh, like inculcate them into like the bond film just make another franchise just make, make another franchise yeah. and make I, it popular i mean you know some industries do that as well i mean yeah. the marvel industry yeah. they do that as well marvel I mean, marvel is all for feminism and women's rights yeah. they've got their own shows yeah. they've got their own series yeah. which yeah. are you know women superheroes mm. and all of that mm. all of that as well so um yeah i mean you know it's and people still it's, enjoy it's true, it it's true it's still it's still fun to you know watch yeah 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 de- i mean definitely um yeah, but but the thing is is that you know on tv right mm. on tv th- that sort of stuff is going to sell yeah right yeah. Uh, that's what's going to get the views mm. and uh, that's why that's why it's so successful you know mm. it, w- money making wise mm. it's so successful mm. and this is why you know even if it does get challenged mm. it just gets brushed under the carpet sort mm. of as well um b- b- these big in- industries you know they, they they just care about making money they, exactly yeah, they just exactly. care about make, making money exactly. it doesn't matter how they make we're not, the we're not saying what they're doing is right we're just saying this is how they work hmm. and you know if exactly. we were talking about this exactly. in, in one of the shows a few months back as well that why is good news not popular exactly right exactly. why does it not make the news why does it make sa- the news when sa- a good samaritan does something amazing when uh, there's a hero or anything it doesn't really make the news all we hear is negative news negative 24/7 hmm. right it's because that's just how our brain works how our mind works if we see someone that's done good we're like oh okay he's done good yeah right or he should have done it or, or he should have yeah. done it it's just understood right yeah but then when we hear something negative we it's just i don't know it just it, it captures you more hmm. and that's how like media works as well that's, that's exactly, exactly how it that's works. exactly how media works as well yeah. exactly look th- they've made this like obviously we're not we're not supporting what is happening here if they're being mistreated people are being misogynistic it's completely wrong it mm. shouldn't happen but this has brought more attention to love island this controversy mm. people who didn't know what it was before now they know because of this yeah. story yeah that's true right that's true i mean even if it even if something is uh, is fake news right yeah. even if something is yeah. false like yeah. full on false any publicity is good any publicity, publicity, publicity yeah right? in, in that in that mm. sense as well in that mm. sense as well um but it's you know, unfortunate <laughs> that, it's but unfortunate. that's just that's, that's just how it works it's unfortunate mm. absolutely um but you know this is why you know just in the beginning as well we gave um you know what what islam actually says in in terms of uh, in terms of equal rights and women's rights as well mm. um so you know it, someone That's who's, who's listening Islam, they may Islam be te- interested uh, in that Islam teaches parda why uh, you know covering yourself with the veil why is so important exactly it is to uphold women's rights exactly it's not right? it's not something it's not there to mm. to to you know shut them down mm. or you know it's like usurp their rights usurp or suppress their, rights, their well. rights but rather to uh fulfill and uphold their rights mm. 
And you know, I keep on going back to that as well. But mm. you know, the the the, the annual convention, right? Mm. Because it has it ha- is segregated, obviously, yeah, isn't yeah. it? The, we have the men's side and we mm. have the women's side mm. as well. And the thing is that the the women's they they do their own thing over yeah, there. Yeah, they have their own proceedings. Yeah, they have their own you know they in charges. Own speeches. They have their they own have speeches. Their own duties, they have their exactly. own. Uh, you know, bazaar, which is where you know you you can go and get little snacks and stuff. Mm. They have like their own. Yeah, they have their own thing going on, but it's within them, mm. within the confines of parta. Yeah, and within themselves, they are allowed to you know, uh, be as they want. Exactly, they're open. They're free. They're open. They're free. You they know, can they can take their veil off as well if they wish. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's just because women. It's just because women. it's women there as well. It's exactly. Just women. Exactly. So you know, I just keep on going back to that as well. So you know, it, it is. It is um, what you know. It's within the teachings of Islam mm. as well. Mm. What, what, what's going on over here? Mm. So it's um, all of these things. Uh, if That's they like, you know, to before we mentioned prevention. Prevention is better than cure. Prevention is better than cure. So, so you just you just put a, draw a line that you know you, you Islam just draws a line and you just you shouldn't cross it because. You shouldn't even look at the line because <laughs> behind the <laughs> yeah. line, that's where the danger starts. Exactly. You know the you know um, the the worldwide head of the uh, the, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Mm. In fact, uh, you know the the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya yeah. Muslim community. He he's written he's written one of his books as well. Mm. Um, I believe is the philosophy of the teachings of Islam. Mm. He said that you know how how would you expect a a a, a hungry hound, a hungry mm. dog, mm. right? Mm. Uh, to control itself mm. if you put meat in front of it yeah. if you put meat in front of a, a hungry dog mm. it's going to it's going to finish it it's going to mm. eat it in you know in one go right? it's in the so nature ha- of man it's in the nature of man yeah. so what so if there is a covering mm. if there is segregation if the teaching is to to lower the gaze mm. don't even mm. look at mm. them in the first place mm. You know, th- there won't be even any chance mm. of you know of it, you know, mm. going to the wrong side as well. And people say, you know, Islam is a like a backward religion, and it doesn't allow you to you know like socialize and stuff. Mm. But the thing is, you, you know, in in Islam, nowhere does it say that you're not allowed to you know, um, not meet your spouse before the marriage and like you know have a conversation with her yeah. or s- I mean, see her you need to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you need to that's but that's the whole reason right that's the whole main purpose is to procreate and uh, you know uh, marriage is such a sacred thing as well hmm. absolutely absolutely it's it's not something that we just taken lightly yeah but obviously this is a this is a whole this, this is, is another topic another, well. another big topic but yeah talking you know. about um arranged marriage or yeah. or you know what type of marriage is promoted mm. in islam mm. um hope you know maybe we can do that uh, talk about that in the, you know in some other show as well yeah but uh, you know as, as i was mentioning before that if someone looks at these teachings with mm. an unbiased eye mm. they will actually realize that you know these are the teachings which uh, which were told so many hundred years ago 1400 years ago they are still applicable now as well yeah all of these teachings are still applicable now um and they will ever uh, you know and they will be until mm. the end of time as well um so this this was uh, sort of um uh, this first segment that mm. we that we were speaking to I as just well. want to just before you know we we move on swiftly mm. uh, i just want to uh, read out um a quote from the 2008 annual convention yeah uh held in july uh in the uh, address um you know the address that uh, you know you mentioned his holiness gives on the second day mm. he he gave this address to the female members who are mm. uh called the lajna uh he addressed them saying that um 
In some cultures and families, women are considered of lowly stature. Even in the West, which claims to be standard bearer of women's rights, only a few decades ago, women had no status. Despite raising slogans of liberation for women even today, the well-educated people of the West oppose women attaining key positions. There's another situation as in Islam, women are allowed to apply for khula. Mm. You know, khula is a divorce initi- initiated by the wife. Yeah. If the husband shows unreasonable behavior, men at times abuse this by deliberately traumatizing women, so much so that they have no choice but to apply for khula. In such circumstances, men would not have to pay hakmer, which is the dowry. Mm. In such cases, the qaza, the like, you know, the jurisdictional board in within our community, mm. uh, or within Islam itself, takes note of the grievances and tends to issue khula in the form of divorce, so that woman is not deprived of her of the right of hakmer. Right, the man is the breadwinner, right, and right. The, at the end of the day, he, no matter what, he he is still. More or less, he always has to pay hakmer, and that is one of the rights of mm. women. Yeah. And Islam fulfills it every single time. Sometimes men present false statements about women before the board and try to damage their reputation, hoping to avoid paying due rights. Some men even take their wives to court to seize half of their property. Allah the Almighty has strictly forbidden this. So that's you know yeah. clear cut, clear it's cut, clear cut, clear cut exactly. Mm. There's no, there's no beating around the bush about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Islam is, as I mentioned before, Islam champions. Mm. Islam is a champion for giving women, r- women their rights and uh, upholding, upholding mm. their status as mm. well. So uh, you know, hopefully you guys have uh, have have enjoyed this as well. Yeah. But like uh, like uh, we are mentioning, the annual convention is this is on this weekend. Mm. If you want to listen to the proceedings, do actually go onto our website. Uh, www.mta.tv you can listen to it and you can listen to the proceedings there or live stream on YouTube as well in d- various different languages as well so we're going to be taking a very short break and then right after that we'll get into our next segment and uh, and uh, you know we will see you after a short break عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ينزل ربنا تبارك وتعالى كل ليلة إلى السماء الدنيا حين يبقى ثلث الليل الآخر يقول من يدعوني فأستجيب له من يسألني فأعطيه من يستغفرني فأغفر له حضرت أبو هرارة رضي الله تعالى عنه نريدس that the Holy Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم stated Our Lord, the blessed, the exalted, comes every night down on the nearest heaven to us when the last third of the night remains, saying, Is there anyone to invoke me so that I may respond to invocation? Is there anyone to ask me so that I may grant him his request? Is there anyone seeking my forgiveness so that I may forgive him? You're listening to Voice of Islam. Online, on mobile. And on DAB. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, Ever Merciful. Uh, so we'll be moving on to our second segment now. Um, it's entitled "Children in Care Are Being Illegally Placed in Caravans and Boats." So children in care are still being illegally placed in unregulated homes in England, including on narrow boats and in caravans. 
BBC News has learned they found a 12-year-old boy was placed at a campsite for weeks, more than 100 miles from his siblings and school. Such placements were banned for under-16s, but there are concerns that exemptions for holidays are being exploited. The Department for Education says it's Ofsted's job to prosecute companies running unlawful children's homes. The law is being broken by local authorities and children aged under 16 are being placed in these homes. And, um, you know, they're running unregistered children's homes. It's also illegal, obviously. But there are some exemptions which may allow companies to run unregistered homes. Such uh, exemptions include holidays or leisure activities. But uh, you know, as, we, as you were talking, this is quite this is quite unfortunate. You know, yeah. this is a quite 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 sad as well that illegally illegally mm. you know children that are that are in care they're being placed in caravans and on boats and mm. uh, you know running unregistered children's homes is also illegal. However, th- there are some exemptions which may allow companies to run unregistered uh, unregistered homes as well. Yeah. and such exemptions include holidays or leisure activities. Uh, children are, are moved to caravans or unregistered sites which, which are found to be at a great distance from their school mm. or, and, or siblings as well. Mm. And all of these things, they, they cause a lot of distress for, you know, for the children as well. Yeah. They want to be together, obviously, if they have siblings. Mm. Obviously, they would want to live together. But, uh, you know... It, Living, living away from their families, mm. living away from the schools that they need to go to, if they have to, you know, go to school on their own, that's also another hassle as well. Especially mm. if they're young, if they, you know, if they're in primary school or whatever. Councils are are breaking, they're breaking the law by placing under 16s in unregistered care homes, and it's also illegal for care companies to run such facilities or or together, or, although. There are exemptions for holidays or leisure activities. You know, as mentioned before, that campaigners fair mm. are being uh, are being exploited. Um, you know, the biggest yeah. biggest problem here is that uh, these people who you know these um, people in the council or these people run such facilities, they don't um, take into consideration. They don't uh, care, rather, for because these mm. are not their children. And they don't put themselves in their shoes and uh, realize the reality of the situation. How how it would feel if, if it were any of their children, if, if it were them. Mm. If they did do that, then this would never occur. Right? Mm. So I'm delighted to say that we do have online with us our first guest of the morning, Anthony Dadwal from a British Association of Social Workers. Uh, he is a press and communications officer at the British Association of Social Workers working with children's group with um, BASW over the past five years on a number of campaigns to improve government policy and working environments for social workers. Good morning, peace be upon you and welcome to The Breakfast Show, Anthony. Good morning, thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, It's a pleasure to speak to you as well. Um, Just to begin with, could you please explain what the British Association of, uh, of Social Workers is and what it sort of aims to do yeah we're a member association for social work uh, social workers um around a hundred thousand social workers in the country our membership has about a fifth of that about twenty-two thousand. we are also a union so any workplace issues we protect our members and uh, we represent them and also as an association we provide the uh, 
CBD, uh, we campaign on policies and uh, such as unregulated placements, um, which we have campaigned against for a number of years. Um, and yeah, so we we represent the uh, the sector. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, wh- why you know, just to get into um, sort of s- some more detail as well? Wh- why are children in ca- in care? Being illegally placed in unregulated homes, you know, such as on sort of you know, narrow boats, yeah. caravans, and such. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a few reasons for this. There's not a simple answer. Firstly, hmm. uh, and quite possibly most importantly, demand on social services has increased year upon year for over a decade. These are the government's own stats. Anyone can go and find them themselves. They're from the Department of Education's website. It shows that from 2010, at the time that when austerity measures were put in, that the amount of cuts year on year hmm. has seen, uh, well, what we say, has been the main driver for why year upon year there's been a rise in children coming into social services. So right. every year, if you, if you check all the years, every year there's been a rise in the number of referrals made. We're now at a record high of around 660,000 referrals a year. A referral obviously is just, you know, anyone calling about the concern about a child. Mainly they're from doctors and teachers, but it can be members of the public as well. Then beyond that, you do an investigation of that referral. And it could be that referral, you know, the society knows more about children and therefore there are more referrals. So you would, if, if demand wasn't high, then you would see the level of investigation stable. But they haven't been. They've been going up every year as well. So the the demand on social services has increased, and what we haven't seen alongside that is the provision of regulated care homes increase as well. Uh, in fact, you've you've seen it. Uh, I think the, the number of homes hasn't kept pace with the level of demand that we've seen uh, on pace on social services. Um, another reason is that. Uh, staffing levels uh, so we have a problem in social in social work where the the number of social workers coming into the profession is at a decent rate but we're losing far too many experienced social workers um, a lot of them over covid were the older more experienced social workers decided to leave i think a lot of sectors saw that you know, there's, there was the risk of COVID, of, of catching COVID and what it meant for older people. So we've lost a lot of experienced social workers that make, you know, better decisions, uh, such as where to place children, where so, uh, what care homes to let them in. Hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of reasons why this is happening, but I would say that the fact that we don't have, simply don't have enough regular care homes is obviously hmm. uh, uh, one of the main reasons. And also coupled with that, and making the problem worse is the fact that we're having too, so many people and families breaking down and entering social services. Hmm. I mean, you, you say that you know we, we don't have we don't have that many care homes to put children in, but I mean, uh, who's responsible then f- to 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 make sure that these children have safe and and a stable home? Because obviously, if yeah. there's not enough, then sh- shouldn't we just invest in more then? Of course, yes, and we've been campaigning for, for years for this. And uh, it comes from the top. That It starts with government policy. It starts with um, money. It's the age-old problem, putting money into it, real funding uh, between government, between 
Uh, I mean, we know that there's a housing crisis. Uh, the word crisis is bandied around a lot, but we, we know that in housing there's a crisis across the board. But that also applies to care homes. Um, not enough property uh, home builders, uh, property builders are incentivized to build these kind of homes, uh, probably because there's not enough profit in it for them. Uh, government policy needs to improve. Uh, there's not enough uh, appetite in in government um, to to build more homes for children, um, and yeah, it it goes across and then it filters down to local authorities uh, who have a responsibility. They have a statutory obligation for the care of children who are being failed by parents or carers, um, and. But they would also probably argue that, you know, our, our budgets are cut every single year. What, what, how are we supposed to build and, and provide this housing uh, when, when our budgets are cut? And they have to um, meet their obligations elsewhere. Um, so it's, it's a society problem. It's all of, our, all of our problem, right from the top, filtering down to uh, regional and local authorities. Um, and, and as a society, we need to do better for these children, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, should the government, you know, prosecute these companies running unregistered children's homes? Well, they say that Ofsted can already. Okay. Uh, and, and yet Ofsted say that they can't. Hmm. Ofsted say that they haven't had the powers yet. Um, and, you know, the government says back in 2019, 2020, when Gavin Williamson was in charge, that hmm. uh, they, they uh, introduced the ban, obviously that they did introduce the ban for under 16s for illegal placements. But... Uh, it is, it, I don't know, is there is a question there that is Ofsted toothless then? Because if, if they're saying that they don't have the powers, that's something that the government and Ofsted need to sort out between themselves. Mm. Uh, there is a problem there. I mean, uh, the the thing with it, uh, providers of these homes is that we the, the, the process to become a provider needs to be a lot more robust. Because there's been separate investigations and research into uh, people who open up these homes. They're, I would say the majority are decent. Um, they probably need to be staffed better. But, you know, a lot of these are run for profit. Yeah. Um, one of the big issues that the British Association of Social Workers has is the growing privatisation in the children's sector across the board, not just in um, providing housing. Hmm. Um so, you know, it shouldn't be something that's run for profit. It's just a simple, simple thing that most people would understand, the person on the street would understand. You're, if you, as a society, we want to look after our children yeah. from whatever background they are. Uh, we want to look after them truly as a, as a society with a morally, a moral responsibility, with ethics at the heart of it. Uh, then wh- where does money come into it? Why should there mm. be a profit in mm. there? Um, and that's where we need to have a rethink. Um, and there still are some profit-making uh, providers of homes that do a decent service, but there's plenty yeah. that don't. And yeah. also, the, 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 you know, most people can become um, providers. They, they have to go through some checks and balances, but we don't think they're robust enough. Hmm. In, in some ways, you know, I, I think your listeners may know that back in the 80s, there was a big drive to get into care homes because there was a lot of profit to be made. Hmm. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing. It's almost like children's homes are are seen as something, in some quarters anyway, are, are seen as uh, something similar. Um, in fact, I've seen a very alarming report here from America where 
they presented uh, to shareholders um, possible uh, places to invest money. And the way they spoke about the children's home hmm. market in the UK was very alarming. You know, it was like you can make lots of uh, returns and uh, all this sort of paper. So, I mean, uh, that's an extreme example, but that just goes to show the way that we are heading with privatization. Yeah. Now, there's a, there is another point. Apologies, I'm, uh, I'm on the road. No, no, it's, uh, no worries, no worries. But there is another point I'd like to make that's quite important, which um, on, on, on children's homes, which mm. uh, is that with this particular cases that we spoke about, the narrowboats, the caravans, yeah. I would just like yourself and your listeners to understand that from a social work perspective, mm. no social worker wants to really place a child in a caravan or a narrowboat. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not defending those headlines uh, and other ones that research has found, you know, um, but if you just zoom out a little bit hmm. and try to understand the day-to-day uh, work of social workers and p- potentially these particular cases, yeah, you may have a greater understanding. So, so what I mean is, say, say if you have that child and the social worker is working with someone under 16, hmm. and if they are really potentially scrambling around for somewhere to place that child, why do they need to get that child out of a particular situation? Well, it could be that where, where they are, whether it's their home, someone else's home hmm. or, or people that are coming to their house uh, that they are really under threat for sexual yeah. or physical abuse um, and you know as if it, it, it can often be the case and I speak to social workers on a daily basis our members hmm. and, and they often say look you know we have cases where we know if I don't sort something out for that child by 7pm 6pm by the end of the day you know there's a high likelihood that at eight, nine, ten o'clock or something, that something's going to happen to that child, their, 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 their safety is compromised. Hmm. So it can be, you know, the, what's the best out of two bad decisions? Yeah. Leave them in their home where they've got an actual roof over their head and hmm. bricks and mortar, but, you know, the chance of abuse happening either inside or from outside the home, or put them somewhere on a narrowboat or caravan hmm. where they're at least uh, safe from that particular threat, but obviously it's not the best environment. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's just an, ins- I just wanted to give an insight into it. It's not a simple binary decision that a social worker makes. Oh, you know, I'll tick this box. I'll put them here. Hmm. You know, they would have gone through me- all the channels of negotiating and, and scrambling around and phoning everyone. Has anyone got a home? You know, you're going to all the providers. Is there any availability? It's often the last resort. Hmm. Um, you know, there's instances where, where social workers have sometimes have had to just uh, put them in, in with themselves or something, which isn't allowed. But, you know, it's it, it's where you care for that child enough that you don't want them to be in harm, but you, you don't really have much of the choices. Yeah. So, yeah, but as that comes back to what we said before. This is society's problem. We need to provide a lot more hmm. for these children. But I just wanted to say that it's... Uh, you know, you look beyond the headlines a little bit just to zoom out, just to get a bit more understanding because yeah. otherwise, you know, the average person might look at these sort of uh, headlines and think, wow, social workers just hmm. not doing a great job, but it's not that really at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just another sort of uh, hmm. way of looking at those particular stories. Yeah, no, th- thank you. Thank you so much, you know, for adding that perspective on. And, you know, we'd uh, love to have you again on sometime. It was a pleasure of having you on. Uh, for now, take care and um, goodbye. Have a good morning. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you. Thank take you. care. 
So the, that was Anthony Gadwal from British Association of Social Workers, and you know he raised uh, some awareness for you know what's really going on as well, and uh, mm. he put a different take on things as well mm. of what you know what truly is happening and why it's happening. Right. I mean, it, it is it is uh, interesting, and it's good that he pointed it out as well. I mean, no social worker, right, would you know would 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 willingly you mm. know thinking that this is the best solution. Uh, or the best possible solution, uh, put children in, you know, in in these sort of situations as well. Obviously, it is for a reason. Um, I mean, so you, it's the same thing that we were sp- we were talking about the drugs, right? In, mm. in the beginning, we were sp- speaking about drug misuse um, in the beginning of the show. And yes, of course, you know, drug misuse is is bad. It's uh, you know, it's it's dangerous. It's uh, it's a threat to society as well. But on the other hand, when you when you zoom out a little bit. You, if you if you look at the reason why the children are or you know children especially they're being abused they are being sort of forced in in, in a sense in a way to to actually go through this route go through this channel and taking this route hmm. it's a, it, it's sort of a, a same sort of situation as well in the sense that th- there is a bigger picture out yeah. there to, to to look at it's not just a and b and which equals C, hmm. is is a lot of different situations. When you put that together and you look at everything in its perspective, yeah, you can't just you can't just look at one thing and think this is how it's happening. Hmm. You look at, you have to look at it from the other side as well. Hmm. So it, it's um it, it is it is interesting, uh, you know, when we talk about all of these uh, different things as well. But um, how how all of these how all of this uh, comes into play, hmm. um. You know, in, in one of uh, His Holiness's, uh, uh, you know, uh, fr- uh, Friday sermons. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, in uh, in November, tw- uh, two thousand and seven, His Holiness cited three Quranic verses. Um, you know, which we you know spoke a little bit about this as well, mm. and they, uh, we, this is uh, from chapter two, verse two hundred and twenty-one. And they ask thee concerning the orphans. Say, promotion of their welfare is an act of great goodness. Mm. And if you intermix with them, they are your brethren. And Allah knows him who seeks to make mischief apart from him who seeks to promote the welfare of the orphans. And if Allah had so willed, he would have put you to hardship. Surely Allah is mighty and wise. Now, those those you know those who believe in the holy quran have been admonished that uh, you know not paying the dues of the vulnerable after claiming to have faith you know is 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 not right so you know those people who are responsible hmm. to 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 sort of take care of uh, not just the youngsters but take care of the orphans this is one of the teachings uh, you know in in islam as well in fact, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he said that, uh, you know, he said that those people who take care of orphans, on the day of judgment, they will be so close to me like two fingers are, and he held mm. up his mm. two fingers, mm. um, uh, you know, in, in his hand, and he said that, you know, this is how close that they will be on the day of judgment mm. um, with me. Mm. So, you know, you know, in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we have a special fund which is called the the orphan fund as well, mm. isn't it? Yeah. So people can actually come there and donate. Um, you know that, and that money will, you know, will, will directly, you know, be dedicated to mm. to the orphans. 
So, um, you know, I'm delighted to say that we do have our second guest uh, online for uh, with us this morning, uh, Louise Allen, who is a campaigner for children in the care system. Um, you know, she, she herself was in the care system as well. And... Um, she she herself was in the care system as well and she was adopted by a family who initially didn't want her but a game of push and pull between the local authority and her adopted family resulted in a delayed unsuitable adoption after a social worker and guardian item tried to prevent the adoption it went ahead regardless and uh, you know we, we will now hear from her good morning uh, peace be upon you and welcome to the breakfast show louise Oh, hello. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. It's an absolute pleasure of having you on. Just to begin with, could you could you please talk about your experience as one of Britain's leading foster carers? Yeah, thank you. That's really kind. Yes, I um, after growing up in the care system, as you mm. eloquently just stated, I um, I ran away from my um, adopted family at fifteen. Yeah. I ended up as uh, going to art school. I, I also had no qualifications mm. um, or education. Um, and did extremely badly at school, so many children in the care system do, hmm. because you can't concentrate on learning while you're stressed, to that degree. Um, I ended up as a teacher, yeah. and um, I, uh, years later, my husband suggested that we um, foster. We had two small boys, hmm. and uh, initially I didn't want to do it because I had very little safe from my own personal experience in hmm. the care system. So we did anyway, and we started fostering over 10 years ago, and we've been fostering ever since. Um, and during that time, well, quite early on, as somebody who had been through the care system, my jaw literally dropped when we started our journey through the care system of mm. foster carers. Um, I couldn't believe what we were walking into, and it was a bit of a strange situation because we didn't know how to turn around and come away because yeah. everything in my heart said, you've got to support as many children as you can mm. which is what we do now um, so you know um, why why is it that children and young people in care struggle to stay in education um, well I can talk from my own experience mm. and I've just started working with a, a school now that looks um, educates children that don't um, stay in the care system because um, people who uh, work with us don't experience trauma on the whole um, trauma is a, a word that is, I think, overused because it's like a life sentence. Mm. And um, what happens is that, I mean, I had a traumatic childhood, but I wasn't in trauma the whole time. Um, so you end up feeling guilty as a, as a child or a teenager and a young person because you feel guilty that you're being given um, the trauma experience and yeah. or the safeguarding, but actually you, you're not in trauma the whole time. Sometimes you're having fun. Hmm. Um, you also, but when you are in the school system, you're in a different mindset. Sometimes you, you literally can't hear people um, because you are worried. You're worried about going back home. You're worried about the shame you'll experience. You're worried about what people will think. And you're also a bit angry because of what life has done to you so far. So if you have been abused or you've got a, a bully or a violent person at home, sometimes the teachers in front of you can actually mimic the person you're going back to. Hmm. So it's very confusing. Yeah. Uh, I also think we learn differently. Um, hmm. Because of my heightened experience, I was always jumping around, heightened, a bit scared. Um, it made me a kinesthetic learner. 
So I don't think a lot of schools are set up to deal with different learning styles. Hmm. Um, and I literally couldn't sit still, which is why I used to go in and walk out the other side and go into town. Hmm. Which then I got labelled as a truant child and a yeah. difficult child. But actually, I just couldn't. I couldn't relate to the people in my in my school. Hmm. So, and also, you kind, you hungry. I was hungry a lot of the time. Yeah. you can't really learn when you're you're hungry. Hmm. So, lots. Of, it's a it's a, a various various things, and I just don't think that schools, no matter how much they try, really understand hmm. it. That we need our own special curricula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think the government, you know, should be doing so that the children in care can be safe, happy and receive a proper education? Um, they stop. They really need to stop spending all the public money going through the taxes onto privatisation of the children's care system. Hmm. Um, in the 70s, it began creeping in that they privatised fostering and other services. And yeah. there is scope and there's room for a, uh, some good, excellent services, which hmm. obviously need to be commissioned. But it's gone out of control, hmm. so the, the the money is out of control. Um, children in foster care, foster carers are leaving. Um, I, I read a review yesterday in community care that yeah. um, something like fifty four percent of foster carers are thinking of leaving. Hmm. It's shocking. Um, I mean, I'm a foster carer, and um, luckily I have a second income. Hmm. But when people are uh, ask to foster or people step up to foster because they usually most people do it because they have goodness in their heart and they yeah. want to do something purposeful and kind is that you know it's a different ball game you realize that you know suddenly i mean when we started uh, we were told that there had to be a main foster care which was me um and hmm. we i had to start work which I'd, if you lose an income and you'd only get uh, an allowance to foster while you have a child in in your home. When you don't have a child, you have no income. Yeah. And the income is um, is is pathetic, frankly. Mm. I mean, we recently um, let go of a child we looked after for seven years, mm. and we've made there's no difference in the finance into our lives because we paid so much extra, you know, for phones, yeah. for Netflix, for Fire Sticks, for you know all that stuff mm. that children have. I think they need. I think the government needs to wake up. I think yeah. they need to start listening. I think they generally need to understand what the child's voice is, rather than the adult's interpretation, the bureaucratic version version of the child's voice. I think social work needs to go back to being social work rather than tick box exercises. Mm. I think that um, the government needs to smash up, frankly, its current system and have yeah. community offices. Mm. It needs kind, friendly people working in our communities that don't um, create shame and yeah. fear, but actually get in there early and, and work on prevention. Hmm. We're living in a very strange society, which is um, it's almost virtual sometimes. And yeah. sometimes what would happen, what would be better if we got in early and got prevention place measures in place to support people, hmm. not traumatize them and take children away and that's where all the money's going in the mop-up services to the private companies if we put the money up front and got in there quick mm. and help people and help them in the way where they didn't feel frightened and judged but yeah. people sometimes have difficult times well lots of people do and we need to acknowledge that people are human mm. you know and embrace that and yeah. work with them so that would be my advice mm. is smash it up make it smaller <laughs> disperse it yeah. and be kind yeah definitely <laughs>
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. I would love to have you again on sometime. Uh, for now, just yeah, take take care and have a good morning. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank bye you. Bye. bye. So that was Louise Allen, you know, one of the leading foster carers uh, in our country, um, and she, you know, she shared some great, some great insight mm. into this as well mm. of what needs to be done, what the government needs to be doing properly, you know. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. As I mentioned uh, before as well, that uh, in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we mm. have we have a whole uh, fund yeah. which is dedicated to mm. to orphans called mm. the Yatama Fund. Yeah. Yatama in in, in Arabic means mm. is plural for for orphans. Mm. So you know, it, as you know, as, as cited before as well in the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty tells us to take care of orphans as well, mm. and this is what has been uh, practiced uh, and preached by the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings yeah. of Allah be upon him. And of course, here in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community uh, as well. Mm. Uh, so this is something which is, you know, one of the one of the you know mm. one of the teachings mm. of Islam. Uh, and it's, well. it's it's not just orphans, right? Like the parents could still be around, but you know, but people just children in general who are being neglected mm. of exactly. care. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, dear listeners, we're coming to a close on today's show. We hope you've been enjoying today's show. We had some very interesting uh, topics, interesting guests we spoke to as well this morning. Uh, just like to thank our producer, Munib Mirza, our researchers, Nawira Khan, Mehrish Dogar, Halima Ahmed, Marshallah Ahmed, Salih Ahmed, Namood Sahar, and obviously our tech department, Akib Ahmed, and, uh, you know, uh, my um, presenter, lead presenter, Razia Shajil Ahmed. For joining me this morning, uh, it's always a pleasure to serve here at the Voice of Islam at the Breakfast Show. If you, um, for now, please do take care, and Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.